Do you find it difficult to express your feelings or are you somebody that likes to overexpress how you feel? Today, we're talking about feelings and emotions. If you'd like to find out more about how you can improve your relationships, head over to therelationshipmaze.com where you can also take our free online conflict style quiz and press subscribe right now. Welcome to today's podcast. And today we're talking about the topic of emotion. And also with that, we're going to link in the topic of feelings, because these two things do get kind of mixed up sometimes in the terminology when we look around uh, different definitions. Um, But first of all, why is it important to explore emotions and feelings? Yeah, because of course, in our line of work, we talk about uh, feelings, we talk about emotions all of the time. And we always encourage our clients to to notice their feelings, don't we? To notice their emotions. We ask them very often, um, so, you know, what do you experience in your body, for example, when you are having this particular, you know, this particular thought? So, and often, and it's quite interesting, often a lot of people actually uh, really struggle to express what they are, what their emotion is, to, to identify it, to actually even know what it is. Yeah, I mean, sometimes there's that almost stereotype of a counsellor that's always saying, how do you feel about that? Yes. Yeah, and also, you know, what you feel in your body is in a way maybe different from actually the emotion as well, because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we have sensations in our body which we experience, which which could be sometimes defined as the feeling, but then we have the emotion, which is sort of then more that that learned sort of uh, definition learned experience mm-hmm. which which is within us it is that feeling mm-hmm. it's difficult to sometimes put into words like what is the emotion mm-hmm. um but but that can be so important because you know the emotions represent all of our lived experience yeah. they represent all of the things from the past that come together to today and and they're very unique mm-hmm. and it's really important to be able to get in touch with that because when we don't, it can be problematic. Now, we've seen that, uh, for example, the suicide rate in men in the UK and I think in lots of the Western world is particularly high. And you know, some research suggests that you know, part of a contributing factor is that you know, in, the, in the past, certainly, men have been told, you know, keep your feelings to yourself, be strong. Like there's something not okay with having certain feelings. Mm. So they get bottled up. You know, I work with clients who they experience a lot of anger and they feel that they can't express it, but it becomes like a bottle that a fizzy drink that gets shaken up. So it becomes the pressure builds up more and more until it's ready to explode. And then suddenly there are times that people do explode because they've been trying to hold it in. They don't know what to do with it. Mm. And- and- Sorry. No, you can't. And and um, and then that's particularly true because we have a uh, we have some sense of what uh, identifies what we would describe as a positive emotion and as a negative emotion, and I think there's a lot of this I a, a lot of um, maybe some instructions, so to speak, that we have some unconscious or conscious decisions that we make around not expressing feelings that we or feelings or emotions that we experience as negative. So we should hide away feelings like shame, like anger, like frustrations, anything that we deem to be not uh, very social emotions, maybe. yeah. Um, whereas it's okay to express positive emotions. So I think when you come to 
suicide rates, what you've just mentioned there, Tom, I mean, that's often related to um, someone's pushing down or not talking about emotions which they think are troublesome, difficult, negative emotions. Is that right? Yeah, so the the emotions that we tend to label as negative, and, and that's a good question. I think, you know, right now, you know, why is it that people tend to not want people to express negative emotions in society? Mm. And I think part of that is is it's it's difficult. Like some of these things that that feel more challenging to experience, we think, well, it's better to avoid it. Mm. You know, if I avoid it, then it won't be there. But it's not the case. If we avoid something, it it's more present in some ways. It's it's like it's behind the door, constantly knocking. Like in a horror film, you think, well, you know, you know, if I look away, it won't be there. Yeah. But the more you don't look there, the more it's right behind you, ready to pounce. Yes, or like an inflatable balloon in the swimming pool. You yeah. try to push it down, push it down, but it always bops up, doesn't it? Yeah, and the problem with you know of, of expressing negative emotions to other people is you know, it can be challenging for them to listen to it because they may start to experience some of that emotion too mm. when they start to have empathy. So rather than have that, I think people say, well, no, be strong mm. because it would force them to feel some of those difficult emotions about having to deal with someone else's difficult emotions. Yes, absolutely, because we talk about emotional contagion, don't we? Yeah. That feelings, uh, emotions get... Um, transferred onto another person yeah so if somebody and you know that when you are in a relate for example if you're in a relationship with somebody who really struggles with depression that can spill over you can start to feel quite low yourself um, because of the uh, exposure so to speak because of your shared uh, big, uh, shared experiences or your attunement to the other person emotionally Yes, yeah, so emotions are infectious, mm. particularly when you have a relationship with somebody in some way. I'm not talking about like in a personal close relationship, but just a group of friends. Like if you've been sitting with a group of friends and you know you, you're having a you're having a good time with them, and someone starts starts talking about an exciting place they've been to, and they're really excited, you can end up feeling excited. Mm. Or someone tells you about something that's really sad they've experienced, and you end up feeling really sad. Mm. Emotions are infectious, and that's the key thing. But what's really important is emotions are like the tapestry of life. Mm. They create this extra dynamic where you know we don't just see a tree. You know, right now I'm looking out the window and seeing it like the, the lovely green, uh, green leaves on a tree. Mm. We don't just see green. We don't just see blue sky. We see that as an experience of beauty which might make you feel moved or make, make you feel happy or might you make you feel even nervous yeah it's a learned experience as well isn't it because i don't know whether we're inherently born to experience uh, nature for example is beautiful maybe we are but i think more i think more likely it is that we are being taught about certain experiences and how we should relate to them so that we classify a certain exp emotional experiences as uh, positive experiences as elating experiences etc so i think emotions are not they're not neutral are they they're always tied in with our earlier experiences how we how we evaluate a certain experience um, and we can we can have a different emotional reaction to an experience can't we we classify them so to speak we classify particular experiences as um, as giving us positive emotions, positive in inverted commas, or negative emotions. Is that right? 
Yes, and I think that's where some of the definitions that, that I've, when I've been looking into this, it sometimes are a little bit confusing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes terms get used differently. Mm -hmm. But I think it's almost that automatic response we have to something, which is often defined as the feeling. Mm -hmm. And and that's there's two parts to that, which is, you know, maybe some of these things are genetic for survival. Mm -hmm. Like if there's something dangerous, our body kicks in or, you know, we, we kick into this fight or flight response which is automatic. So we may experience that feeling of fear. Mm -hmm. um, but then we, emotions are like that richer experience where, you know, we may then experience a sense of shame, for example, that we felt fear. Mm -hmm. So the, the feelings are a, a mixture, I think, of learned responses. So we go through life. Mm -hmm. You might get shouted at by a teacher looking at you in a certain way. In the future, someone looks at you in a similar way and you feel that same feeling. Because that's being conditioned into us. And it's almost automatic. Mm -hmm. but then the emotion becomes that richer tapestry that we experience. Mm -hmm. Which, um, which you know, some people say is very, you know, all of these things, I think, come from what we might label as the unconscious. Mm -hmm. But emotions have, you know, that whole tapestry of experience and meaning wrapped up in it. And like you said, you know, you know beauty, how we experience a feeling of feeling happy being in nature, mm -hmm. you know, Probably that is learned to a large extent. Like, you know, my son could be walking down through a forest and it's like, oh, can't we just get out of this place? It's just trees. Yeah. Whereas for other people, it's this experience of beauty and serenity. Yeah, or if you have to actually, if you're reliant on the natural world for your survival in a much more immediate way, then of course you have a different uh, relationship with it as well. If you have to hunt, for example, in the forest, of course you're your uh, associations are quite different and therefore also maybe your emotional responses to what you see might be quite different. So emotional responses, emotional reactions to the world around us, they are to some extent learned, are they? And if they are learned, they, they can also be unlearned or maybe they can be reconsidered. Your emotional reactions could be changed and uh, slightly tuned in a different way. Yeah, and that's an interesting thing. And I think, you know, I would question unlearning. I don't think unlearning is possible right. because we form those neural connections mm -hmm. within our, you know, with, within our central nervous system. Yeah. So they're always there, but we can learn new ways of experiencing. So we can create new neural connections in a different direction. Mm -hmm. So we can find a different way of responding or a different way of feeling or provides a, a different meaning to a situation which also changes the experience of that response too. Mm. I think what's important here is that, uh, back to the question, why why does it matter to pay attention to your emotional experiences? Precisely because, uh, because of that reason, because they give you some information. They give you some information about the world and how you interact with the world. Um, and if you, they could be based, your emotional reaction, so to speak, could be also they could be um, slightly differently wired so that you have a different relationship with the very thing that might that you might currently find uh, troublesome. So this is relevant, for example, when we're looking at uh, fear responses, anxious responses to, to certain situations. Uh, we've learned something. So, you know, I have an automatic trigger if I see uh, if I see a dental sign that automatically conjures up all these horrible moments that I experienced when I was sitting um, in the dentist chair and they started drilling and it was painful. So I have an emotional reaction to when I just just walk past a dental surgery. But I can kind of, and as you say, that might not go away, but maybe the intensity of it can be modified if I really 
work on that, if I bring this into my awareness, where is this coming from? Because if I look at it now, if I look back at my more recent experience, it actually hasn't been painful, hasn't been difficult. The last 20 years I've been sitting in a dental chair and I've had no problems with it. So we can, what I'm trying to say here is that we can uh, look at our emotional reactions, uh, maybe a little bit sometimes through a looking glass and see where is this coming from? Why am I having this, this very strong physical sensation here? Yes, absolutely. And I think from that is, is that understanding that all of these responses, all of our emotions, our feelings mm -hmm. are individual, mm -hmm. that it's not the same for anybody else. And when we talk about an emotion like feeling, uh, like feeling happy or feeling joyous, or if we have a, a feeling such as feeling anxious or feeling fear, that may be totally different for somebody else. In fact, some research has shown that, you know, some people, when they're defining anxiety or when they're defining depression, that it's difficult, you know, some people define those things interchangeably. Mm. Is that, that, you know, some people who say they're anxious, if somebody else was describing those sensations in the body, it would be depression. Mm. Someone describing depression, for someone else it would be anxiety. So some of these, the way we label things is important. So we, we have a response, we have that feeling in the body which essentially starts largely with, uh, or, or frequently with that interoception, where you know we have sensations in our body. Our body's constantly monitoring what's going on. Mm. And this matrix of sensations, our mind gives a label to. So that label might be anxiety, it might be, you know, we have, we have these chemical changes in the body, but it's this label that we give to that experience of chemical changes, of our cognitive reaction, of all of these different components. Mm. And that label is a label that we give to it. But what's key is that label can become very defining. Mm -hmm. So often we, we forget as well that emotions are temporary. They're like waves. They start from nothing. Mm -hmm. They rise to a peak, which sometimes is low, sometimes very high. Mm -hmm. And then they fade away and they move into a different emotion. Mm -hmm. But no emotion stays constantly high whether we want to label it as positive or negative, mm -hmm. we're never riding that high wave all the time. And in fact, if we did, we'd get so used to it, we would stop experiencing it as that emotion. It would just be like normal. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like we, we need light and dark to know the difference. We need a range of emotions. You know, we need sadness to know joy in some ways. So all of these things create our experience of, of this tapestry of life. Mm. Yeah, they're both important. Yeah, so... Back to very briefly to what you mentioned there about interoception, because I think that's um, something, again, that um, we often focus on in therapy to explore with a client um, what they are actually experiencing, to kind of name it or to label it, as you say, to have some sense of what is actually going on for me. Because often there's a, there's a sense, a felt sense of something is not right here, something is off, something doesn't feel okay, I feel a bit, un, you know, I feel uncomfortable, for example, in a particular situation. So <clears throat> our interoception, our sense of what we are experiencing in our body, what our heart tells us, what our sweaty palms tell us, for example, can be really important information to identify what we are actually experiencing, what might not even be within the realm of our conscious awareness of experiencing. And when we... <clears throat> and when we um, can label that when we can name that then we're more likely to look at it and to consciously do something with it yeah so that that can be really important to have that awareness i mean there is also a risk 
So in terms of, you know, where labelling becomes an issue, where somebody, for example, I, I take the example of social, um, social anxiety, mm-hmm. where somebody's out and they notice that their hands are sweaty, so they start to think, I must be anxious. Mm-hmm. And then their mind goes into this series of, you know, building that up in terms of, well, I'm anxious, so I'm going to make a fool of myself. Mm. And then you feel more of a sensation. So, you know, it can become this loop of where putting the label on something makes you feel the feeling more fully, which then increases the way we do that. So it depends how we distort it. At the same time, you know, having an awareness of what goes on, particularly in the therapy room, mm-hmm. is really important. I think it's where, that's where the therapy room is different. Because, you know... I, I think as well with Instagram and lots of social media, not just Instagram, social mm. media, it becomes that tendency to think that we all the time, we need to be constantly thinking, what really is my feeling? And what I should express this all the time. And, you know, there's times when it's useful and maybe times when it's not so useful. Sometimes we need to actually be getting on mm. with the situation we're in and not always having that deep level of self-reflection. Because it yeah. can take us away from the actual experience of being present. But at the same time, to understand why we have that, mm-hmm. and that's what we do in the therapy room, I think can be really meaningful to have that exploration. Yeah, I think it's more about the stance uh, <clears throat> that you take in relation to that, because um, because it doesn't necessarily, if you notice your feelings uh, or your emotional reactions, that doesn't mean that you have to do something with it. Um, I think it's more about... Noticing it and not necessarily always feeling compelled that you have to do something, in, you know, that your emotional reaction to unpleasantness has got to be um, anxiety, for example, or feeling low. It's developing a slightly more neutral stance, maybe to just notice, oh, this is what I'm experiencing, you know, to experience it more as a curiosity or um, a question, really, or, well, you know, interesting, I'm having this particular sensation here. It doesn't mean that you have to immediately act on it. It just gives you some sort of information, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And that's where some approaches like with ACT, acceptance and commitment therapy, I like the approach where it emphasizes diffusion. So we diffuse from thoughts. Mm -hmm. So we have thoughts, but we're not our thoughts. Mm -hmm. So we might have a thoughts like, oh, you know, I'm a bad person. But that's a learned thought from maybe something that was said in the past. It doesn't mean you are. And the same with emotions, that I have anger or I'm experiencing anger. It doesn't make me an angry person. And I think anxiety, you know, I can have the feeling of anxiety. But if I become if I become that anxious person, I can suddenly not be able to function in the world in a way mm. that, that I want to. And that's what we do in our minds. We sometimes, we get into that feeling like that feeling is us as opposed to something we're experiencing and I think that's the key difference mm. but I certainly know you know when when I was at school you know we weren't encouraged to kind of talk if you felt sort of anxious or felt kind of not happy it's like a lot of time we just have to get on with it so there, there was more of a sense of fear of well if I don't go to school it's going to be more frightening than you know letting somebody know about how I'm feeling with that, which I don't think is a good thing. Mm. But certainly, you know, we had to get on with things. It changed the way that you engaged with things. Whereas Mm. I think it's very different. I think it's really that importance to notice what you're feeling, but at the same time, that feeling doesn't need to control you. 
Yeah, because it's very often uh, your emotional reactions are very um, often, obviously, they're, they're tied into memories. Um, so our memories uh, trigger particular emotional responses. If we had uh, an experience in the past that we ex that was pleasant for us, then we are more likely to associate a positive um, emotion, a positive feeling with this situation, uh, with the previous situation, the experience. So I think um, any kind of emotional reaction that we have usually probably ties into a memory that we have, and. Um, and very often, I think this is why it's important to also look at the underlying experience that we had in the past and what kind of what this memory triggers in us in terms of emotional reactions, because then we can review it. We can see, OK, this was a past experience. Does this still now play out uh, in our present experience? Do I still need to have the same emotional reaction to this particular situation? Or can I slightly modify this? Can I have a different emotional response? Is it maybe not quite as intense, the unpleasantness? Or can I even reframe it into a very in, into a very different emotional response to the very same situation? Yes, and and also, I mean, I think is not being afraid of emotions. Yeah. So those emotions that you know sometimes get labelled as negative, mm. is being able to welcome your experience of that, not being able to, not being frightened of it, not trying to suppress it, because when we do, they get bottled up. And in fact, you know, the problem with emotions is it's 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 not they're they're either there or they're not so much. And you know, we might want to suppress the negative emotions, but if we become good at dissociation from a negative emotions, we tend to cut off the experience of positive too. Mm. It's like we we diminish our ability to experience what we don't want but it stops it stops us experiencing life as richly as possible it cuts everything off mm. so i think that ability to welcome experiences and know that they are like waves so some of those feelings like whether it's anxiety whether it's sadness over time they can feel so intense mm. remembering as well that they start from something else they start from nothing they move to a peak and they will also move through that i think it's almost imagining that you could surf that wave rather than get, getting pulled into it. Mm -hmm. That acknowledging this feel, this doesn't feel good at the moment and this will also pass just like a wave. Exactly. You're having this feeling, but you're not that feeling. Yeah, it's transitory, isn't it? Yeah. Which is the kind of reassuring message in particular when it comes to these unpleasant and um, horrible, um, unsettling emotional responses uh, sort of feelings emotions that we have um, but yeah as you say it also means that therefore I don't think we can actually continuously be happy you know that's something that people always strive for I want to be happy all the time I just don't think that's possible because again the associated emotional um, experiences that you have um, they are they will pass they will just be fleeting there will be moments of joy there will be moments of elation there will be moments of passion or whatever you associate with uh, happiness um, but they will come and go like the so-called uh, in, in inverted commas negative feelings they will come and go yes I mean there's some things like if you know if you're looking for a lovely place to live you might be able to find that or if you're looking for a certain house you might be able to find that house but happiness is not an object it's an emotion within you mm. and I would I would put bets on the fact that anybody who has spent their life looking for happiness or trying to be happy 
never really is happy <laughs> because you're looking for something that isn't outside of you. It's within you. Mm. You will experience happiness at times in your life. You will experience enough other emotions. Nobody is happy all of the time. I would like hazard a guess. No, no, or, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yes. maybe there's one person in the world. I don't know, but mm. you know, it's pretty unlikely. But the more that you're looking for something as if it's something to find or discover mm. in a way, the further away it gets from you. Yeah, because the, um, the emotional response to situations can be engineered, so to speak. Yeah. You can learn to become, uh, to have a, a positive, a joyful response to uh, certain experiences, I think. Yeah, and I think one of the keys to that is being more present mm. in each experience. Because the more you're questioning, thinking, am I really happy? Am I, should I be feeling this way? Maybe I could feel happier. The less you're able to be present in that experience. If you want to be, well, you know, and again, happiness is just a label. Mm. But being present can give you that full richness of that experience here and now. And just one thing I'd like to add before we finish today as well, it's a little bit off tangent. Mm. Um, but it's in terms of emotions. I, I believe that you know, another thing we don't express enough is feelings of how we feel about other people in a positive way, like love. You know, so many people don't express those feelings of love to other people, or they do it in a way that they think they are, but the other person may not hear. You know, telling somebody you love them in a relationship, I think, is so important to be able to hear that. You might show it as well. We talked about love languages in another podcast, mm. but being able to kind of have that said, express that, I think is really important. You can't make somebody feel loved because, again, it's like happiness. It's not an object you can wrap up, give in a nice package, and the other person will then suddenly experience love. Mm. But we can express that and, you know, the other person will take their own meaning from that. Mm. And I think with children as well, it's, you know, I think it can be an important thing to to express that so they have that that knowledge, they have that experience. But also with children, yeah, I think absolutely so important. But also to 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 move away from this kind of uh, labeling um, that oh you mustn't experience you mustn't express any feelings that are not happy feelings, joyful feelings, because we are human beings and we have a whole range of emotional reactions, um, which makes it so rich and so nuanced. Every day is different, isn't it? Yeah. Every minute in the day is different in terms of our emotional experiences. Yeah. So, yeah, so don't hide away from those feelings. Just acknowledge them. What we can change is our responses, of course. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we might feel rage, but expressing that rage may not be appropriate mm -hmm. and probably isn't a lot of the time. Sure. Um, so we can change our responses, but not try and hide the feeling. Allow ourselves to experience that, and then we can change how we respond to it. So thanks for tuning us today. Please press subscribe, and we look forward to speaking with you next time. Take good care until then. Bye. Bye.